0: For twenty percent off.
1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast, with your host, Nate Thomas. Mike Wentz said, Andy Andy couldn't make it with us tonight. Nope, not tonight. Yeah, had some things going on, so. What's up, dude? What's up, brother? Nothing, it's late. It is late, and it's raining outside.
0: It's going to start snowing.
1: It's about to start snowing. Work's going to suck tomorrow, but. Let's see, this is February 16th. We're supposed to get like what? They're calling, I mean, who knows? They're saying four to eight inches or something like that. Who knows, man? You, get, you know, I mean, I'll tell you the weather whenever no I wake up, <laughs> and oh, I look no. outside. No,
0: no one's getting eight inches around here. <laughs> Damn right! <laughs> hey. Four inches and a half pack of Rolades. <laughs> uh yeah so i like, can go deep into this but we I'm got not going to. <coughs> i already got the phone call from my kid's school while
1: we were recording our show right yeah they, they've already canceled. canceled it and it's just raining right now so
0: which just means it's going to end up freezing
1: yeah it's not going to be good yeah so i mean i'm i'm hoping they're wrong but we'll just see you know it is what it is we'll They're usually it. wrong about something but yeah I, I don't want 10 inches of snow i can tell you that much no we got a we got a tournament coming up this weekend mm-hmm. and yeah I really don't want to mess with that, yeah, it's
0: a tournament I enjoy doing um by the time everybody hears this, it's already gonna have happened, so yeah i I can't really like promote it promote it, but it's the midwest wildlife yeah. Coyote tournament yeah, third do. annual, I believe, and it's usually a great time uh
1: <clears throat> midwest wildlife does a great job mm-hmm. you know ryan and his his folks yeah, they put on a they put on a good tournament, they have a you know Lot of uh, different sponsors that throw in a bunch of good, you know, raffles and stuff, and they always have a good meal. And yeah. It's it's pretty well run. So, yeah.
0: Last year they had 96 teams. Curious to see how many they have this year.
1: Yeah. We'll see. Did they move spots? Or no, it, I, I don't it think so. Same
0: location? Uh, I haven't looked at the address yet, but I don't think they did. I think they're getting an outdoor.
1: Okay. Uh, tent. okay because i know last year it was kind of an issue because i mean there oh, was, was a lot packed, of, it, was, it was packed uh, it was standing room only so i mean you were yeah. shoulder to shoulder with everybody so yeah hopefully they got that remedied but if not we'll just do what we got yeah to. i think it's
0: i i think it's at the same place but i honestly haven't
1: looked i know it it's the on thing. the same road but then it I, probably I, is yeah, yeah. so well, yeah cool.
0: still an awesome event and uh anyway we're planning on doing that we did some
1: <laughs> done we did
0: some uh thermal hunting Last weekend,
1: yeah, we've done we've last weekend and the weekend before. We did, I don't know if we talked about that or not, but we've done a little bit here and there. So,
0: had one of the funniest damn videos I've ever seen in my life happen <laughs>
1: last weekend, yeah, at yeah. your expense. It was, and it was, I mean, it was just a total <laughs> f up, whatever you want to call it. Uh. I just got super excited because, like, we've done this before where the countdown the countdown and i always go late so i'm like i'm not going late this time (laughs) so the Uh countdown
0: (laughs) is you know like most people who coyote hunt have probably done countdowns with their their folks and yeah like we go from three so it's three two one bang (laughs) right and that's fine and we had already shot a dog or a coyote uh before this one yeah we had moved on the same property we had moved up and uh Another dog comes in, just barking its ass off. Yeah, and it's not co- gonna come in. I've shot already shot at it once. You had? No, 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 no. That was the first shot. Are you sure? Yeah, that video was the first shot at that dog.
1: Oh, uh, maybe. Okay, it was sure. It okay,
0: was. and uh, so we're like, yeah, we just need to shoot it. Shoot it there. It's not. Yeah, coming it, in. It,
1: it knew something was up, and yeah. give it the gear that we have we're lucky enough to you know have a brother-in-law and a friend russell that (laughs) mooch off of him that yeah we mooch off him when it comes to night hunting because he's the one that's got all the setups but his thermals they're they're just a little bit older you know he's had them for a while and they don't have the range finder thing so we don't know and the thing about hunting night unless you have a range finder on your thermal you have no idea how far away these dogs are. I mean, it's really can, hard to determine. It's very hard yeah. to determine how far, so you can kind of guess, but you yeah. know, it, it's it's hard. So, so we're
0: like, let's do let's do a countdown. Yeah, and actually check out our Instagram page. There's a <laughs> video. Uh, I think I did a reel on it. Yeah, we did a reel on it, and it's a it's a thermal video. So if you want to go watch it, <coughs> go find the thermal video. And uh Russell is recording with his scanner, and you hear, three, two, bang! <laughs> and immediately after that, you hear me say some curse words, yep. then Russell what says the some st- <laughs> <laughs> And then Micah, we got a hair trigger on
1: that thing. Which, it does have a hair trigger. I mean, it's just, it's not a gun I'm... I've I've shot it you know three yeah. times or whatever so it's not my personal gun I'm not yet used to it and then but my, I mean to be honest that's an excuse I I, I just I I got excited I didn't want to go late and and I ended my, up going way too
0: early then my buddy Dusty's in the background just got to be like what the hell's going on yeah
1: what did I get going on he here? hadn't
0: uh, he hasn't been night hunting yet right of course it's this is only the second year in Missouri that yeah. it's legal but he hasn't been yet and so this was his first time I guess you'd call it mm-hmm. night hunting and. uh He's just watching the shit show unfold in front of him, <laughs> and uh, right after I get done yelling at you, I'm like, "Dude, the dog—he's not gone. He's com He's back. Still there." And I, uh, shoot.
1: I know I shoot again at him. You shoot again at him, miss, miss. I think you shoot. Don't you shoot? No, I,
0: I didn't shoot till Russell and I shot. Okay, him. and then I was cussing at you the whole time.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's right. And then Russell shoots at him, misses, and then you both shoot, and yeah, I mean, this dog anyway. got shot at like. Six times. Six times, and he still stayed within seven yards. So I'm assuming we were shooting over him or something. I don't know yeah. how it worked. It ended up being, because I mapped it out, he was 250 yards away. So at night, that's a long shot right there, and we're shooting 2 two threes. So, I mean, you know, it was a little breezy. I can't no, remember. No, it was still. Was it? Oh, yeah. Remember that's the, right. Yeah, yeah, it was very still. That's right. But, yeah, I mean, so, you know, mark it up. The dog ended up dying. Nathan or Russell ended up shooting him. You might, y'all might have got a double tap on him. I can't remember. Yeah, who knows? But you know, the dog ended up dying. So <laughs> yeah. that's all that matters. It was, it was just,
0: it was hilarious, really more than anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, we went through to a few other spots. One, we had a dry set, and then the next two spots we went to, we walked in on dogs, and it just didn't work out for yeah. us. So yeah. we either it was a fun night though. It's, it, it's it, enjoyable. It is. I, I mean, I'll say I like daytime hunting better just for the rush of it. I think it's a little more exciting, gets my blood pumping yeah. a lot more, but nighttime is is still awesome. Yeah. It's fun. They're they're different. Yeah, totally different. Yeah.
0: We actually are hoping to have, I can't guarantee it yet, but we're hoping to have a, a little, I'm not going to call it a mini series, but a series, uh not no not a series. A series of podcasts. <laughs> uh, a few episodes. A few episodes in a row that we're going to talk about like the different types of of coyote hunting even the different types of night hunting yep if we can uh line up some guests yep
1: no so. i think that's a good idea anyway
0: let's let's talk about today's show
1: yeah today we have <laughs> our returning guest and you know friend of the show really we've uh been in contact ever since we've had him on the first time uh ted bright uh he comes on and just kind of goes through his whole season he had a lot going on yeah um i'm not gonna even you know scratch the surface so just catching up with Ted. Yeah, catching up with Ted. Ted oh. had a lot happen this year, uh, last year. Yeah, this some, last season. God, I hate yeah, trying had some to explain ups, that. some downs. Yeah, you know, some first, and all in between. So yeah, he comes on. Uh, but before we get into it, we probably should mention our sponsors a little bit. We should, you know, to on today's show we got our uh, partners with us, uh, Huntworth Gear. Awesome, awesome company. Uh, if you guys want to save 15%, you can use the code MWW15. Can't decide what I'm
0: wearing this weekend.
1: I'm split myself. But I think I think I've, I just checked the weather. If it stays what it's going to stay, I know what I'm going to wear. It's supposed to be high 37. So I know what I'm high wearing. High of 37. Yeah. So that means it's going to be pretty cold. <laughs> it's going to be win- the, is it going to be windy? I think nine, nine miles an hour or something like that. So I know what uh, I'm wearing. I think I should, I'm going to go with my Holton. My, my late season stuff. I can't talk about what I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. Go with my late season stuff. There you go. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, save yourself 50%. You will not be disappointed. We have, you huge, know. Huge fans of their stuff. Huge man. fans of, their, of the stuff. of And now, fans now they've got
0: freaking solid colored pants.
1: They do. We just got some solid colors and they are awesome. I need to, I'm going to buy like five more because they're probably going to just be my everyday pants. Tan, tan solid colored pants. Yep. Yep. wait them sweet also we have uh alps outdoors so you know we use them every weekend one <laughs> of us is running one of their packs all the time so go check them out missouri missouri based company so they do great stuff they have great they got milk. all kinds of dude yeah like,
0: i'm gonna get a uh, new bladder this year from them because my bladder's yeah. two-liter bladder is a two liter bladder which you. i usually don't go through right
1: <clears throat> but it's always nice to have the, the but
0: bladder. i'm like everybody else has a three liter bladder i've noticed right and they've got a, a a system that makes it mine leaks Oh, my does it? Uh, my little thing oh yeah as they call it my little nipple yeah the nipple <laughs> the straw I don't know what you call it but it leaks on my pack now, yeah, now so. I've had that packed for five years but it pisses me off yeah maybe time to upgrade so, that I, I guess, mean this they have it all yeah if yeah. you
1: and actually if you guys sc- <laughs> if you just go to Alps Outdoors and then you scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. It'll take you, because they have a few, they're under a few different names. They have Alps Outdoors, Alps, Alps Mountaineering, Mountaineering, Browning, and there's Cedar Ridge. And Cedar Ridge. Yeah. So they got different things than all of those. So, you know, yeah. it's not just Alps Outdoors. So whatever you need camping-wise or hunting-wise, they they pretty much got you covered. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and last,
0: then. Uh, go ahead. Well, You're the, you're. You're the, the host of the show. I'm sorry. Okay. I Last stepped on but your not, toes. Definitely
1: not least. We got our buddy <laughs> Dustin with uh Habitat Works. So if uh it's perfect time to get him out there and uh get some habitat work done. If you don't want him to do it, he can at least come out there and he can be an open book for you and uh tell you what you should do. You can sit there and write notes and ask him as many questions as you want. Uh, I know I'm getting ready to have him out. Probably it'll probably be March when I have him out, but he's going to come out to my farm and we're going to go over things of what things I need to do to, you know, better, better be a better steward of the land and yeah. get it to its full potential.
0: He's a wealth of knowledge. Follow yeah. him. Follow him on his Instagram. Uh, yeah, he, Habitat Works. He does a lot of like videos, and mm-hmm. he he did a video the other day that was eight minutes long. I really, watched, I watched the entire freaking. Really
1: thing. informative. Yeah. I did too. I was actually driving, but I was listening to him while I was talking. Talking about, about like beautiful <laughs>
0: sycamores are, you know, yep. that sort of stuff. And yep. um, so if you do call Dustin and Habitat Works, uh, mention you heard about him on our show. He'll give you $50 off a site visit and 150 off a visit and plan. Yep. Um, if you mention him so you can save some money on getting some of that done. He specializes in timber stand improvement, forestry mulching, prescribed fire, yep. you know, mapping and planning, like we just said. And, and uh, he and pretty him. much will cover like a, a 250-mile radius around St. Joe, Missouri, which is yeah. where he
1: lives. If you're in Missouri, you know, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa. Iowa, Nebraska, give him a call. He'll at least be able – if he – I'm sure he probably knows somebody that if he, if you're out of his range, he could probably point you in the right direction. Like he said on his show with us, we'll work for food. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You, and, like, and also – he doesn't just do plants. He will come out and he will do the work for do you, the work, yeah. you know, if it's something that you're not capable of. So,
0: yeah. So give him a holler. Uh, his number is 816-752-7390 or shoot him an email at habitatworksllc at gmail.com. Check him out on his Facebook page. You know, if you just search Habitat Works and same thing with Instagram. Yep. So you can get a hold of him different ways. If you can't get a hold of him,
1: Get a hold of us. Or
0: you called the wrong number get a hold of us we'll get you in contact with them
1: yep not a big deal yep but let's get appreciate to all
0: going. of our sponsors we couldn't do this show without them absolutely uh they're all awesome we we love working with them yep. you ready to talk to ted let's, let's have a let's have a head ted i've been one to say. <laughs> is this a dad joke
1: do i get to yeah you gotta take Andy's spot i guess let's have a ted talk let's have a ted talk all right, all right this is the missouri woods and water podcast
0: Okay, with us tonight is our buddy Ted Bright. Ted, what's going on, man?
2: Howdy, fellow. It's
0: been About a minute. A lot.
2: How are you guys? It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it has been. I appreciate you having me on and look forward to catching up.
0: Yeah, we're excited to, uh, to you know talk to you again. I mean, we've kept in contact here and there through social and things like that. And uh, that's a nice looking little setup. You going to do some coyote stuff?
1: You going to kill a few dogs with that?
2: Uh, I went out once, but haven't uh, man, now I feel bad. I derailed the conversation. Hey, no, okay. uh, <laughs> you're fine.
1: He's showing us. Uh, he's showing us his uh,
0: his uh, little toy he's got. Yeah, we'll say a toy. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, beautiful uh, piece for sure. Yeah, uh, I I did go out once, and we had some pretty good sets. Felt like we had favorable conditions, but we didn't see a single thing
0: is this uh have you coyote hunted before or is this your first go at it or
2: i usually go once or twice a year and i have i not been very successful i i called one in for my son one time and he nailed it and we he should have been a double but it wasn't but yeah with one we only have one gun you know but uh so I, minimally it is fun but man i admire i love watching you guys you guys Produce at least a dog every
0: weekend, right? We try to. We try to. Now, did you see our latest video at night? I did not. Uh, you need to go watch. Uh, I,
2: right, I don't make him right.
0: do it, like, right here on the show. <laughs> no, let's not do that.
2: Uh, do, it, do it play by play.
0: You need to go watch our last one. It's a uh, it's a night video. So our brother-in-law is holding the scanner, and uh, there was a mishap with the countdown.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I got I got a little excited and I'm, A little trigger happy. Yeah, I got a little trigger happy.
0: Yeah, you know usually the countdown Ted goes three, two, one, bang, right? Yeah, naturally this countdown went three, two, bang. <laughs> 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 barely made it to operator two operator error but you need to go listen to the commentary on that one so yeah get on our social after this and it's a pretty recent video so
1: it was, it was pretty funny it was yeah. all my fault i mean <laughs> i definitely i don't know what happened i just got really excited i, I ain't gonna lie yeah,
2: yeah things tend to go to hell pretty quickly in the dark right yeah yeah <laughs> that's right that's
1: right
0: so we're actually gonna talk about deer hunting tonight but uh you know ted's a returning guest we had him on you know last year at this point and we've actually been meaning to catch up with him several times um and uh for one reason or another we haven't and um mostly because we just like he's he's reliable like i know he's there and then i uh something else comes up but he had himself quite a year um as far as deer hunting goes in multiple states so um, before though, we do get into that, um, for the folks who haven't listened to your show before, once again, I, I screwed up and probably should have yeah, looked up,
1: Looked those up before we have them on. Yeah.
0: I usually, you know, think about it and then I forget about it. Um, but he had a pretty awesome episode with us, uh, when we were a pretty new show, um, back in 2020, I think at this point, but go back and listen to that one. Really good show. Um, but for anybody who doesn't remember that show or, or has listened to you before, why don't you introduce yourself right quick? Um, you know, who sure. you are, where you're from. And yeah, uh, my
2: name is Ted Bright, and I am from uh, outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I sell commercial printing presses for a living at a company, local company here in St. Louis, and uh, dedicated father, youth mentor, hunter, and uh, all of the above. And, uh, of course, archery hunting is the single passion that I hold on to that I will make absolute priority, you know, whenever I get uh personal time for myself. Hey, I, I did it. And the rest of the year, you know, as much scouting and turkey hunting as possible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, if you want to listen to Ted twice, you should listen to this show with him and then go back to episode number 26 with him. That was uh, an
1: awesome.
2: Is that where we talked about going into his bedroom? and killing yep. him Yeah, the you killed, what yep. was
1: it, like 10 days into the season or something like that, if I remember right? It was early.
2: Yeah, yeah, but exactly. It, yeah, September 25th. Yeah, so went exactly into
0: his right. bedroom and, uh, like, played the wind perfectly based on how he would come up off that, up the hill or down the hill. I can't remember what it was. You were on the top. I remember that. Yeah, feeding uh, on acorns or
1: something. Yeah, that guy right there. Yeah, he turned out to yeah. be good. Yeah good-looking skull man there's something about eight pointers man i just i got a thing Uh, for them i love a nice good eight
2: yes definitely
1: definitely now this year when we get
2: to that point i'll have to uh get my kansas buck rack out of the freezer for you guys definitely we'll have to do if you can
0: yep yeah this year dude you kind of went all over the place um like a i guess from a whitetail standpoint kind of a full year um you went to wisconsin first you also were in kansas and obviously in missouri you hunted missouri is this the first time that you've hunted three states in a year or have have
2: you done that prior uh three yeah i think it's the uh i think it's the first time for three uh well no when i was younger i hunted uh Maryland and West Virginia and Pennsylvania on the regular and then, you know, honey, Colorado. And, uh, so that, there's been a couple of the years, but it has been a while.
0: Right. Oh, cool. Cool. So your first trip this year was up in Wisconsin.
2: Yeah. We went up there with the, uh, uh, Dan Infault, put together the, uh, what did he call it? The, not, not the public land challenge, but a similar concept. so so it's not Fort mccoy
1: yeah it's not that one like the 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 hunting public go to every year it's not that one
2: right it's not that one okay but but like you said
1: same concept get a big group of guys together go hunting that sort of thing
2: yeah yeah exactly we all stayed at the same campground and uh we all produce as much video as possible and it was uh at fort mccoy as Dan was the you know Dan was the primary content creator for that hunt mm-hmm. uh and you know it, it was pretty cool it was tough you know it was typical what, I think it was like first weekend in October or last weekend in September something like that it, it was uh you know not an easy hunt there acorns were the key for sure, and so they had you know, a good year yeah well no i wouldn't even say that it was almost like it was uh about 1100 feet of elevation and above the white oaks were very thick with dropping acorns and below that there was nothing and some of those ridgetops even above 1100 wouldn't have anything specific it was very specific to white oaks and again there were like groves that were super concentrated so if you found that then you You were in it deer right and Uh, that was not easy to find, though. I lucked out and walked right into (laughs) that. Doesn't that kind of seem like
0: a common theme this year? I've heard that multiple times that acorns just in certain areas were just, uh, just exploded. And so the deer didn't have to go find ag or, you know, move much because they just sat there and ate their acorns. Um, I heard that in Missouri from multiple people as well
2: yeah uh interestingly i mean it's such a localized thing because like here in, in my uh local area i thought that the acorn mass was just kind of like mediocre across the board like very equal in in almost every area uh but yeah up there in wisconsin it was definitely not that way hmm. very isolated but concentrated nice so take, I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, to me, acorns are the biggest external factor outside of direct year activity. You know, it's like the biggest impact to it in the, you know, October month for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Once they start rutting, all, all that kind of
1: that go, it all flies out the window. <laughs> then. Yeah, um,
0: the proverbial shit kind of hits the fan, and you never know really what to expect. But when you're trying to pattern them or figure out what they're doing. Prior to that, yeah, that definitely is a factor that you got to try to deal with. And and especially, I'm guessing, when you went up to Wisconsin, was that the first time you had been to that area as far as hunting-wise? And, you know, how did you approach that? And especially, this is just me. Maybe you're different. But if I got to go and hunt with Dan Infault, I'd be so freaking intimidated that I'd be like I don't I don't know what to do like just I don't know what follow, to do with my hands follow him around like a puppy mm-hmm. and not not even use my own head so like all these different uh, factors I'm I'm thinking in my mind for you right now before hearing the story Um, like how did you handle all all that right up front?
2: Uh, Well, it's the, it the second time I've hunted I've been in camp with Dan. Okay, I, I went to the public land challenge in Michigan with the thp crew and Mm -hmm. and fall and the whole crew and uh it's just like any other camp you know except for you know the guys that are going out there are uh you know going to be all serious hunters that are going to be hunting just as hard as you or right for the most part uh and and you know sometimes things just uh, it's not always all about how how good you are you know what i mean Sometimes you just, if like you said, Nate, early if you're just sitting still, good things can happen. So, yeah, yeah. You know it can happen, uh, but you know a, a good skilled hunter will put himself in favorable positions and situations more so than somebody that isn't as serious about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it a confidence thing too, it. right? Like, uh, sometimes, and this is just me personally. I'm not really speaking for Mike or anybody else or Ted even, but there's times that I don't think I'm as a good hunter, right? Like I think, man, I don't know shit. I've got so much to learn. There's, I'm not, sometimes I think you're better than you think you are, you know, that sort of stuff, or you're not as good as you think you are one way or the other. But, um, it, so comparing yourself to other hunters is probably a, a poor decision in the first place, but, um, it definitely would like put the pressure on you, I guess you'd say almost to know that you're with, probably some pretty smart dudes i mean you know i've watched almost every video dan's ever done or been in and some of the stuff he's mentioned or talked about i'm just like "Ah, man what a that's so smart you know i didn't i wouldn't have thought of that right there in that situation and uh yeah so it'd probably be pretty fun um how did i mean how did that hunt go i mean how long was it you know how
2: did it all go with you yeah so yeah i echo your thoughts dan infault is a stone cold killer and he's uh he's enjoyable to share camp with he's enjoyable to converse with not just about hunting about life mm-hmm. uh and when we were at the public land challenge a couple of years ago it freaking rained its ass off like the whole t- entire time except for the last couple of days or something and dan and i would uh have coffee together in the mornings and it was kind of, you know, coffee with Dan, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the Fort McCoy hunt, to answer your question, was, uh, I don't know. We were up there for a week, give or take, probably, you know, like five days, of, four or five days of hunting, something like that. And uh, nobody was really, uh, nobody was on into deer consistently the whole entire trip uh everybody kind of got into him here and there a little bit for the most part i think but it was really tough especially earlier in the hunt and uh I, like i said before we were talking i i'm the only one that that had an opportunity at a decent buck uh and, and it was not a large buck by any means to me you know from uh, the missouri deer standard i should say an Ozark deer standard uh that thing was huge. You know what I mean? Body-wise, <laughs> right. You know? oh, right. Man, I'm shooting this thing, especially with how everything was going. And, uh, uh so like Dan and, uh, you know, I got video footage of it and everything, uh, I had, uh, Josh screenbarger in the tree, uh, videoing for me and 14 yards, you know, got a great, uh, footage of the shot and everything. And I just hit a little bit far back, you know, on a steep angle shot and, uh, I, I it was i guess i was just behind the lines and it was not by much but i did uh hit back and uh that deer ran it bolted and he about 100 yards in we thought we heard him crash you could hear it on the video mm-hmm. and he must have just plowed through a tree or something uh but we did not find that deer and i got i even brought a dog in that uh, he couldn't get in there till the next evening but uh we we tracked all over through that place and that deer uh well I'm, i can't say it lived because the deer did not live because i definitely hit it in the stomach right and uh we did not find it though we took it up to the uh property boundary in a few different places and no luck to no avail dude yeah. um what
0: bright are you shooting just are you shooting are you a heavy uh, arrow guy or what are you what's your
2: uh setup? I was at like 600 grains last year. Yep. And shooting uh kudu. The kudu contour 125. So that should do damage. Yeah, it's single bevel. Yeah, I've had uh tremendous uh success with those uh, the amount of deer that I have seen uh you know crash in sight has gone up dramatically. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, but you know, sometimes it just, it, it happens right I mean,
0: well, your shot, your shot reminded me of my deer last, not last this season, but 2020 season that I hit back just behind the lungs. And I was, it was a really steep shot as well. Um, he was like five yards straight of what I felt like was straight down. And so I hit him as far as up and down almost perfectly on the front end but when it exited it exited right in front of his back leg so i mean that's how steep the shot was and the only reason i recovered that deer i hit him back like you said in the stomach maybe some guts specifically the stomach and uh, well definitely the guts as it exited the backside and the only reason i saw that deer is i got lucky enough that i watched that deer peel off out of the timber and run 400 yards across a bean field and then towards another very small patch of timber and we immediately backed out and my only hope was i hope that deer Is in that little patch of timber in the morning Um Because there was not an ounce of blood we found I found a little bit of blood at the site and that was it man like no blood and so the next morning, you know 14 hours later or whatever it was we go out and he happened to be dead right there in that little 10 yard swatch of timber he was running towards and even in his bed dead, he had no blood. It was just he was yeah. full of blood, but he wasn't and what happened was the arrow actually pulled intestines through yeah. and so it just plugged up and he didn't bleed, man. So if we would have pushed him or anything, your your chances of finding a deer like that are so small. Uh, that was just Nine straight deer, luck, yeah. I think, you know. Your unfortunate situation was you were probably searching all through timber for Oh yeah. A deer probably, I don't know if he was bleeding much or what your situation was, but that, that makes it hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it was, it's just, it's tough dealing with Yeah. It's never easy. Everybody always tells everybody else, you know, it's part of bow hunting and it is, but it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it.
0: it yeah.
1: It, it still sucks every time <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It doesn't it make does. it more it fun
0: does. when you go to bed at night and at least I do and I'm sure you do Ted I I think we know you well enough to know this know you as a person that it bothers you that you did that to an animal that yeah we want to kill these animals don't get us wrong right but I also love them more than any animal that walks the face of this planet most like you know other than my dog and maybe some elk right like we don't yeah, want to see, we that. don't want to see them suffer that's not the that's not what we want and so yeah, I'm sure it, it's not fun you know going to bed at night afterwards and thinking about like what could have been, where did he die, especially when you didn't get to close the book, right? Like mine, I got to close the book the next morning, thankfully. And, you know, it was not fun to know that he suffered all night long. He probably died maybe an hour before we got there. He was very fresh as far as his death. So that wow. means that means he suffered for 13 hours probably, um, you know, not the kind of kill you want, but at least I got to close the book you know you're you're kind of at that point just like man what happened where'd he go you know just all these things that i'll probably ask that question on a deer i lost a couple of years ago for the rest of my life yeah yeah
2: but i'm gonna disagree with you a little bit here yes sir because i just don't think that uh wild animals feel that right they don't feel uh nothing wild ever felt sorry for itself right
0: no that's true we,
2: we as humans try to associate this like this suffering field but they don't that's not how they think they just think Don't die. They, they don't, don't have die. the ability to yeah right yeah. and it's not even a conscious thought you know they just don't have the ability to do that uh so i you know i just think that this is i wish that's a good it's a comparison that i wish people wouldn't use because they kind of it just paints an unfair picture for what hunting is. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. We, we tend to put our human emotion into everything we do.
2: Yeah. Right. Like that's just,
0: we, we, we think deer think the same way we do. We think our dogs think the same way we do. I mean, you know, all those things, when they don't, I mean, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't make me like not think of it that way any better because I, I go back to it. But uh you're right. I mean, all that deer was thinking that whole night was Man, that hurts. I got to find some water or don't die, you know. What what's wrong? Figure this out, you know, and then of course eventually yeah. just dies. Um yeah, we think, you know, they're like putting their head down and crying and asking for their mama, you know, those things. Right, that's that's right. how it goes. Yeah. That's true. Actually,
1: it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Probably needed to be yeah. said. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, okay, so you you had that happen um and you were really the only one you said on that trip that had a shot at a deer?
2: Yes. Yes. Nice. I think, uh, you know, a couple others had, uh, you know, distant encounters or glimpses of, you know, a few decent bucks. But it was definitely a very tough hunt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, those are uh, late September, early Octobers. Those was going to be fun.
1: Yeah. It's hard to find them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no doubt no doubt that was definitely the struggle the majority of the time for the majority of the hunters up there yeah yeah so so where'd you move what was your next state did you go did you go back to missouri or did you go to kansas where'd you move from from there yeah
2: well i mean i i live in missouri so uh i would have hunted or not hunted most of october because i was building a shed so uh you know one of those life things i i don't i think i hunted like one day in october or something but i built a nice shed, you know? So, uh, give and, that was you know, give and take priority at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so my next hunt, you know, uh, with any type of, uh, consistency anyway, was, uh, first week of November went to Kansas, uh, for my first Kansas hunt, where I, I went with a buddy of mine, Josh Trolinger, and, you know, we had a permission on a few small pieces of private ground which was a lot of like, uh, hunting over feeders and, you know, fixed stands. Mm -hmm. There was definitely opportunities for other, but that's kind of the way that property, those properties are hunted. Uh, but then there are, there's lots of public ground around. And I was able to find success on a nice piece of public ground. Uh, my first time going on this particular piece of property and, uh, it was kind of like reading the map and the conditions and everything yeah. and classic, uh, what was I, two miles, I think, deep on public ground.
1: Oh, nice. nice.
0: Did you uh, utilize that program Kansas has? uh what the hell is that called? wee like, Yeah, where you sign up or you sign in or whatever you do. Um, or was it just, do they utilize that for all of their public ground or is it just um, like Missouri's MRAP program?
2: Yeah, it's it's not technically public ground. It's just walk in access. So the state of Kansas leases the ability for that's hunters right, right. to walk in only, no other alternate or uh methods of transportation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You have designated parking spots and uh that's that's what they do. They lease it for whatever, a few thousand dollars a year or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's similar to Missouri's MRAP RAP program that they're trying to make trying more. To, to make work where it's private landowners I guess you'd say donating their their land to public access to. walk-in type of only setup and then they um, they get to determine what that access is whether they want to allow
1: you know deer hunting or whatever yeah fishing yep. I, I drove by one the other day that was uh, scenic like you can go in there and you can take walks yeah nature nature walk nature whatever yeah. so
0: nice. Are you going to get your Kansas deer for us?
1: Oh yeah, why
2: not?
0: right? <laughs> so we, we spoiled this one, but obviously you got it done in Kansas.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the we were so we were there that first week in of November. We kind of anticipated, you know, pretty hard, but I'll, we also knew in the back of our mind that we would be able to go back. Like uh, late Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, came back. So it was really tough conditions when we were out there. It was real windy and real, it was hot. I mean, it was like 65, 70 degrees every day. And nice. um,
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Wonder,
0: uh, that was a night. He broke off almost an entire G3, didn't he?
1: Yeah. He was a fighter. Yeah, there you go.
0: Thick, thick bases too. Beautiful yeah, deer,
2: definitely. Yeah. He was a, he was a, well. He was two hundred pounds dressed.
1: Wow, that's a big deer, nice. man. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He, was, I mean, bigger than anything I'd ever killed or seen. I, I guess, huh?
1: So did
0: you end up going, uh, you were like two miles deep on public. You said on that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, again, the just poor conditions all week long, uh, 65, 70 degrees and no deer. I even just driving around during the day. You wouldn't see deer running across fields and everything consistently around there. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go over to, uh, a brand new piece. You know, I got to go somewhere new, right. I hunted a few places. I actually had an opportunity and shot at a buck at another piece of walking ground i don't know 10 miles away or so and my igniter uh lighted knock broke the knock broke when i shot and it looked (laughs) like a wiffle ball slider
1: really yeah yeah yeah. i've never seen that happen before
2: i had a little i set up a blind on the edge of a field with a bunch of clumps of weeds you know and some milo that had fallen over and from the ground uh you know like you would kind of do, sitting in the l right mm-hmm. lumbar locked and had my dreamy doe decoy out there and man he was coming right in perfect it was 25 yards and it was like right at last light but you know i could see him well you know without in the open and everything and uh put it on it man I, it was 25 yards and it felt great and I watched that thing whiffle like a slider out of there.
0: What at, at first were you like? What the hell did it yeah, take? Did I, you I did you not know you broke it, the knock?
2: It did not compute to me. Like what in the heck happened? You know, I thought I hit something that I didn't see. <coughs> right. But I knew there was nothing there. You know, and so I go over and I found my arrow stuck in the ground. You know, because it was lighted up for the whole country to see. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, sure enough, the knock, one of the prongs of the knock broke off
1: oh
0: well that'd make me like be like all right this is my yeah. last time i'm using that <laughs> yeah i might uh, be switching knobs. yeah well
2: <laughs> yeah but i'm not i'll take my odds again versus switching I, that's a variable that i'm not willing Very to low. introduce either here, yeah. here it is
0: yeah just snap this that that one side can, off
1: that's crazy can you see it clear yeah, yeah yeah
0: just going that really sucks like what are the chances of that one doing that at that exact moment because it could have done it you know when you were shooting i'm assuming you practice with your knocks at at, at times so that you know exactly how you're both shooting at least i Definitely. do yeah and uh yeah so it's just like why couldn't it have done this my last practice shot <laughs> before coming out here why did it have to be this shot this exact shot yeah, uh,
2: yeah. it happens it does that's just the the way it goes i mean sometimes your seasons go great and everything is kind of you know just falls into place and other times you you know it's just not so easy animals have a will to survive that's uh far greater than most humans i can tell you that yeah yeah so that was your your second attempt
0: um at a deer that year so you had the the one kind of um I guess you say getaway in Wisconsin and then your knock broke on the second deer you pull back on. And at that, I mean, at that point where you just like, all right, okay. So this is how it's <laughs> going to start. This is how it's going to go. Uh, time to change my luck, you know, type of thing. And uh, did you, did you stay in with or not Wisconsin, Kansas or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was that the same hunt that you yeah. you killed him on? Okay,
2: it, it was, we stayed there and it was, uh, I don't know. We were there for a four-day hunt, something like that. Gotcha.
0: And uh, so what happened with him? Were you, um, so did you do a lot of the hunting out of the, to kind of go back a little bit, I didn't ask this. This is your, what, your second year, really, um, maybe your third, second or third year using a saddle, correct? Uh,
2: No, four or five years. Oh, like that. God. Damn. Okay. <laughs> way off.
0: It was way off. Um, yeah. I know the first time we talked to you, you were already heavy in it. Um, I think that's all you used. Uh. So you're you're well versed in the saddle, and that's almost running guns. Is really, basically, the only way you hunt for the most part, right? So absolutely. Was it weird to kind of have that 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 private ground that you had access to, have these stands set? And just like, what do I, I mean, did you ever hunt out of one of them? Like, was it so weird that you just no. wouldn't do it? <laughs>
1: You're just like, uh, I no, see I the see, stand. I'm going to sit it. I'm going to climb up this tree <laughs> though. <laughs> uh,
2: the, the, I did one time and it was the first night, you know, we got there and barely had enough time to get out and go. And, uh, that was not going to happen again. Uh, I, uh, yeah, not good. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to go off on a tangent but this
0: show is full of them, right? Um, you know, we don't hunt out of saddles yet. You know, I, I, know like I keep I, I keep that. putting it off, putting it off, and we've got a good friend of ours, Ethan McCabe, that is a saddle hunter now as well. And he keeps saying, dude, come over.
1: Try it I'll out. I'll show you how to use it. Like, yeah.
0: Try it out. Uh, Ted, you need to just come to the KC side of the state and just make us climb a tree with you someday and just show us what's up. Uh, cuz it keeps it keeps intriguing me but i i keep going right back to yeah i'm just going to get in a stand right here and
1: Wa- walk up this ladder real quick which i mean and oh, we're definitely
0: man. in a different situation in our lives too like i've got two boys that are starting to hunt like your daughter um which we'll get to later and so i've put some strategic two man stands in different places so that they can come with me and get up in a tree um That's cool. and so I end up hunting out of those stands a lot, even when I'm by myself because
1: they're there. That's a tree
0: I got ready and it's, you know, it's a, it's a spot. I wanted it. Right. So, and I don't hunt a very big piece of property either. So there's a, there's a lot of weird things, but um, there's, there's times where I'm like, man, I wish I was 15 yards that way right now, which typically is then me getting on the ground and moving over there. But it'd be really nice to be elevated. So you're going to have to keep poking our sides to make us try one out sometime. Cause I know I will. It's just
2: a matter of time. For
0: sure. Yep.
2: <laughs> For sure. And I will say when, when you're thinking that you wish you were over there, 85% of the time, I'm going to guess you should be over there. It's a good, good portion. Right. Of the There's time. a reason yeah. why you're thinking that, you know, yeah. and I, so my, frame of mind when i enter the timber especially if i'm like you know if i'm locked in i i know that i'm going to have a high probability of encountering deer in a favorable uh, situation that like the say evening hunt for example then you know it's just you got to go in there and you're so locked in on all of the, the every, all of the environment everything the the wind the su- the angle of the sun the clouds uh the trees everything the trail which way the deer is going to be coming the thermals and what is going on with your scent cone at that very time and what will be going on with your scent cone three hours later or whatever you know there's so many things that it dictates i I mean that in itself uh tells you that you should have an open mind to every single possible tree in that area right or on the ground you know what i mean it's like, I don't know, it's like every situation, you know, dictates a different, a potentially different uh, ambush spot. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a
0: lot of, um, especially for me, where my, I guess, morph morphing as a hunter isn't, I'm not morphing into the saddle naturally yet. I'm morphing more into ground hunting than i am like wanting that saddle and it's mostly because i need to do more hunting on some public around us um the small piece of property that i hunt has such shitty trees i mean like hedge trees that like go all over the place and my mind like kansas. no in missouri <laughs> missouri yeah but like kansas oh right? yeah like kansas right yeah. yeah and uh i'm just like in my mind, at least, I'm sitting there going, how the hell would I even get into that with a saddle? I don't even know how I could climb it, right? So then my mind goes, I'm, you're going to ground hunt. And you're going to figure out a way to get in here, slip in, and, uh, you know, have that encounter with that old deer that I told you about before recording or whatever. And But every time I'm in one of those situations, I then go, shit, it'd be really nice to be 15 feet up or even 10 feet up right now, you know, just to be able to see or have an advantage over what I'm giving myself right now. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: On, on my Kansas buck, I was, uh, I was probably seven, maybe eight feet off the ground. Yeah. Get,
0: yeah. Not very much. It's just enough though. Right. Yeah. Like, no.
2: That's where the, that's where the shot lanes were. You know, that's like, that's what you're looking at. Every time you go in I'm looking at all that stuff, right. Yeah. You got to figure out the angle to where you think they're going to be. And what the foliage is like and the, uh, the limb lines and the, uh, you know, the, like a dogwood has a certain type of canopy. That's really difficult to shoot through. Right. you got to observe all that stuff and try to put yourself in the best position.
0: Yeah. All right. So get into him. What, uh, what was the setup there when you got into, uh, uh
2: so yeah, that was, uh, it's a piece of walking around and. Gotta remember the details here. What day was uh, it? what day was it of your it, hunt? was
1: <laughs> November the sixth. So have you hunted
2: six three days or uh it was it would have been Saturday night, so we probably hunted like four three or four days before that. Okay. Pro- probably three and a half.
0: So it was like towards almost the end of the trip.
2: Yeah, we were leaving the next morning. Gotcha. Not hunting. So it was the last hunt basically. Uh so it was a like 30 mile an hour winds out of the south and it was 70 degrees or whatever the hell it was uh you know the deer just were not moving so i wanted to go to a whole different spot where i thought that there was gonna not gonna be any pressure you know what i mean because i i saw some sign you know i mean i was that where i shot at that other buck i saw a four finger track i mean legit dude Uh, And he was going all through there, coming and going. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't any time during daylight. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Come to find out, right? Right. right. Uh, But there was other guys in there. You know, that's what happened. You know, I found out. We found some sign later that showed that, you know, there was somebody in there. Uh, So, but usually where there's a few people, there's a reason why they're there. You know, they drive around and see this huge buck. I wish I would have laid eyes on him, but I didn't. Right. Anyway, so... uh, (laughs) last evening, you know, I just had to switch it up to do something different and went to this whole new piece. And like I said, it was like 30 miles an hour out of the south. And this property was long south to north. And it was uh, it was landlocked on the east side. So it was public all around it. And the east side and the north side, I guess, were private, but only for a short stretch. And there was an old easement that went through there. So I pulled up in their driveway and these ladies pulled in and a truck kept flying behind me and they were all like a bunch of girls going out for a weekend or something. It was crazy, <laughs> right? And uh so I, I asked him, to, you know, if I could uh, access the public on the back side of their private property. Like, oh yeah, go ahead, you know. <laughs> Uh, oh, it was so Can fun. I go ahead and hunt your and private then, too? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long of the short is that instead of walking in from the south, which would have been about a three quarter mile straight line, easy walk relative to what I did, which was coming in from the east, and I walked a mile and a half, uh, and it was all thick, nasty stuff, and I had to stay in cover. Cause it was open a lot of it, you know, and uh, so I, but I. I went to the extreme to put myself in the most favorable position at a bottleneck in a, t- uh, uh, a finger of timber. And, uh, you know, right before, like I said, I was about <laughs> seven or eight feet off the ground and I had a primary scrape behind me. And that kind of the narrowest part of that timber was right at like, you know, a prime shooting spot, target spot. That's where I thought that I was going to shoot him, And then, just to the right of that uh so about my three o'clock or so right though i'm gonna guess it was probably uh you know right at sunset Mm probably maybe a little bit before sunset doe came out of bedding and the buck was right behind her had to make up my mind which side to commit to because i'm trying to film this you know and Uh, on your own right so i get the yeah i'm on my own yes Uh, so i Get the camera turned around at my uh, six o'clock. So that's where I'm anticipating the shot to be, and I wheeled it all the way around. Uh, and I'm shooting off my weak side now, right? So I'm actually like like this, and uh, right before the last possible lane, because they never stopped. You know, they were just on a on a good even pace. You know, uh, so anyway, right at the last lane, I stopped and then. 25 yard shot, drilled him. Double lung. He bound off for, 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 for uh, probably 30 yards, but not like a not like a bound off that they do when you hit him with an expandable. You know, it was like a almost like a controlled bound. And then I heard him just stop and <laughs> slow down, or he slowed down and then stopped. And then uh, I never heard him or anything because, come to find out, all he did is just lay down. He laid down. 70 yards from where I shot him and he just laid there and it was like, he just laid there and kind of made the decision to, I'm done, to, you know, that I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: uh, stop, stop running. Uh, just, it's, it's over, Bob. Just lay down, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it exactly. sucks because then uh, you don't hear
0: him crash, right? Like, it's like,
1: did you have any doubt yeah. or were you like, that was solid? I know I'm going to find him.
2: I knew I drilled him and I did get it on film. It was dark. He was in the dark deep or like the timber. It was just really dark in that specific timber there for whatever reason. Uh, I guess it was just goes real thick. But uh, I knew that I drilled him good and I did get uh, GoPro footage of it. Yeah. So he had walked out of the frame of the camera, but I did the GoPro was pointed in that direction and I, you know, it got it. It's tough to see, but you can, uh, you know, the audio is sometimes just as telling, you know what I mean? And yeah. you can tell when you hit a rib in front of lung, you know, it kind of makes that. That diaphragm. You know, pop. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. You can almost yeah. hear yeah. the air popping out of them, you know, like the balloon. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, it. Yep. Yeah,
2: that diaphragm is loud. Yeah. My daughter smoked the diaphragm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well i'll tell you this we'll we'll get to her story because hers comes towards the end of your year but sometimes i wonder like maybe we teach our kids better than we are you know because my son was the same way that kid his first deer his first deer ever was also with a crossbow this year and i mean he hit that thing so hard double lung that that i mean that deer barely moved before it died it's just like I wish I had that shot right, right now. I would take that shot all day, every day, you know, and that kid's doing it on his first deer. So anyway, so that's Kansas, uh, you know, so you get on the board, you're like, all right, see, it's not all bad luck. This this worked.
1: Things are turning around. (laughs) Yeah. And, Uh
2: uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, um, I'm assuming then you came home and started hunting in Missouri pretty heavily. Because sounds like the way you explain, you know, going up to Wisconsin, building your shed, and then also going to Kansas, you really hadn't hunted here then by that time. That's correct, yeah. So, when did you first really start hunting at home?
2: Uh, so, even after I got back from Kansas, I, I don't remember, I was probably just, you know, uh, busy with work and whatever. I didn't, didn't have an opportunity to get out until much, uh, gosh, if I remember right, it was like November 9th I think. So oh, I man. guess it wasn't all that long, but yeah. uh My first time, I see November and 9th. I haven't So that's just before rifle opens
0: in Missouri. Then this year, right? Well, yeah, now, but like it the was thirteenth year, thirteenth or something this year, yeah. I think. Well, November I killed my deer opening day like of rifle. So lighted. what day was that? I I think it was November thirteenth. So right before it was it? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was not long before ripe season, that's for sure. Um, I went to this uh, piece of public not too far from me that uh, I hadn't been to at all, all year long. And but I did, I think I did put some cameras. Uh, <laughs> no, it's no, I wasn't there. Uh, so, yeah, I hunted this piece of public for the first time all year and hadn't been there at all and then uh trying to remember the chronology here uh so yeah i went back to a spot where i had seen had a lot of deer in the past and including that year before and i had a trail camera out there uh where i had a lot of uh a lot of deer activity in november a lot of running activity and so i just kind of went in there with some know historical knowledge and a plan that worked with the wind and the hopefully the thermals which was the challenge uh because it's the thermals there are very very tricky put it that way Mm -hmm. and uh but i I found a spot where i was going to be able to observe a lot but yet i felt like if there was one place a buck would come from it would be this which would end up ultimately being a layup if you read the script and just kind of walk in a straight line and wouldn't you know it that's exactly what happened uh i i just thought holy crap you know what i mean this doesn't happen you know what i mean uh like it, it went exactly since how i, I wanted it to there. right yeah 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 uh which yeah i mean that's happened before but it doesn't happen in that type of scenario you know where you don't have knowledge of the uh you know specific deer in a specific area or something but anyway uh man he was coming right in and i had the camera locked in where i knew i was going to get to shoot him and i was you know had the gopro on me and i'm ready i'm just poised and ready and there's a big tree with a huge vine wad right before my shooting lane that's going to give me the like the ultimate shooting you know uh drawing screen right and Right before he gets to the edge of it, he stopped. And he turned basically 90 degrees. Uh, but it was kind of at the edge of an uh, inside corner on a field, a uh, CRP field. And he, so he turns. And, and he's still going to give me this perfect, easy 5 o'clock shot. And I don't worry about the camera. Uh, but I know the GoPro is, is going to capture this, mm-hmm. right? So GoPro captures it all. He comes right through there. And I draw right when he's behind the last tree, he has no idea, you know, great, smooth, fluid, quiet draw. And he sets out into the opening and I tried to give it soft. And I think I was probably a little bit loud, but I ran, you know, and uh, he, and the reason why I was a little bit loud is because several deer before him, just didn't hardly react. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So you formulate these trends in your mind, right? So I was getting louder and louder with it. So I was probably a little loud with it. And he he stopped and he looked up. But I'm like 25 feet in that tree. Uh, he looked up like five, six feet and saw my stick. <laughs> the dude saw my stick. I had my aider wrapped around my stick. Uh, there's nothing flapping in there, nothing flapping at all. Right? right. I mean, it's solid, and there's other limbs around it and everything. And that sucker looked at my stick, and I'm I'm at full draw at this point. And as soon as I start to, you know, the shot starts to break, he bolts out to the right, and I basically caught flesh, and you know, stayed on the outside of the scapula yeah uh and this flesh wound uh, decent blood called in a dog again, <laughs> and the next morning and this was a really good dog, really talented dog with a great track record of success and uh he we uh, we tracked that deer for two miles uh I'm gonna guess yeah something like that. And basically it was like 200 yards of good blood. Mm -hmm. And then it was 200 yards of, uh, okay blood. And then it was 200 yards of spotty blood. And we, again, just, uh, at the shot, he moved and, you know, that I didn't have a chance of your shot and
0: your shot and his decision to take off were two separate things. Like he didn't jump the tree. That coincided, yeah. Right, they just happened to coincide. Like if, if he would have decided to take off after seeing your sticks, half a second before that, your shot never even happens because you're watching him take off. But it just so happened that your shot and his decision to say, "See ya, I'm out of here," happened at the same time, and so, uh, that happened. Yeah, that, that
2: happened. one, that one, that one hurt. That was a good buck. That yeah. was a really good buck.
0: Where'd you find the dog? Were you, uh, Missouri blood trackers association? Did you know somebody? How'd you find the dog?
2: Yeah, he is active on the Missouri Tracker association, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't have known that, uh, a, a good hunting buddy of mine that, uh, always has very solid and credible insights. Uh, he knows him. In fact, he knew the dog by name. So, nice. uh, yeah, yeah i was pretty confident with that one you know yeah (laughs) right it turned out to be accurate good guy good dog good
0: yeah that's cool yeah i think more people need to think about that too right like uh, sounds like you didn't do a lot of stomping around you backed out found the dog you know i think a lot of folks they wait too long to call for the dog they what do you call it like they grid do a, search yeah they do a That's lot of good searching and and you know they put their scent all throughout the timber and the in the woods and then then they call the dog and not saying the dog can't still do it but it certainly makes it harder for the dog because of all the different scents that are now just randomly in the in the woods and um yeah i think more we had a, who was it your uh the dude that hunts in no grove he called the dog immediately and, oh, David! Yeah, he recovered it uh, yeah. this year. Good, good, nice, solid buck. Yep. And he was worried about it, and instead of doing a lot of craziness, he he backed out, found a uh, dog off the Missouri Blood Trackers Association uh, Facebook page, I think. And they came down from a couple hours away or whatever it was, or an hour and a half away, and and uh, found his deer.
1: Yeah, they were able to find it, so it yeah. worked out. Yeah, it seems like the
2: all of the uh, state tracking you know tracker uh facebook pages really uh, just do an outstanding job like it is it's like a legit well-run organization yeah a Uh, lot of private sector companies could learn a lot from them (laughs) right right
0: (laughs) yeah so yeah so it was one of those son of a bitch again moments right like it's happening again the bad luck is back but uh um I know that that. Well, didn't, I don't
2: really look at it as bad luck. I don't know. I think it's just you know that deer has a will to survive, and he saw my stick. He won that battle. He no, won that battle. There's I, no luck involved. I straight up call that
0: one that badass ass. luck. Like if if he would have just not looked at that damn stick a half second earlier, right?
1: Like it, it would have been a different story. But I mean, yeah, it's, it, it just happens. Happened, it's but just, he did. <laughs> yeah, but he did. It's just hunting. That's did. what it is. And he won. Yeah. Yeah, he, he won. won that one. And
2: I want to. I, I want to win. I want to win more than I lose. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, some sting worse than others, and that one, you know, that kind of stung.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I get it, man. It's uh, there's definitely like a one like that, man. It just sucks because so many variables that could have led to you, you know, having a layup shot or not even getting a shot off right there all led to him and you making your decisions to do what you're going to do at the exact same moment, you know? I mean, just all these little things. I go back to, I don't know how much you listen to our show, but Mike is going to hate me bringing this up again. Oh, my gosh. Our elk season, right? Yeah. I need—I needed half a second to a second longer to settle my pin on a bull at 20 yards, and he bolted. And uh, ever, ever since then, I've been going – back through my head where could I have gained that half second where in my you know cycle or doing what I was doing with my draw cycle could I have shaved half a second off to have gotten that shot off I can't find it but you know it doesn't stop me from analyzing every little thing so absolutely yeah yeah, I get it but you didn't give up obviously because we know you got a Missouri deer so what uh that was like November 9th you said
2: yes yes and then My next opportunity at a deer was, uh, oh, goodness, November. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Right. A few days after that, a week. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm going to get it straight here. So the next one I killed, I killed during uh, rifle season with my belt. So it was... Uh, well, during rifle season, whatever that during was, the ten, it started the 13th, period. you said, yeah, so yeah, I somewhere I in between the, the 13th and the 20th. 23rd, I think it was the 20th, if I remember right, it's the second Saturday, okay, so yeah, yeah, the 20th, uh, yeah, so just you know, usually that's all I ever hunt is with a bow, uh, even during rifle season. Mm-hmm. So I was on some, uh, some ground here close to my house, and I had permission to hunt, and you know, I was ready to get some meat in the freezer for sure, more meat. And, you know, wasn't going to be all that picky with my rifle tag and a bow. And I uh, killed a decent 10-pointer. Not, you know, not that big, but uh it was a target of opportunity. And got it all on film and everything and then posted it on the channel. And, uh yeah that was a good one so it's good to get back on the board and it's always good to uh fill your rifle tag with an archery kill
0: right yeah yeah it, it a lot of guys well like i i'm one of them i swore up and down i was taking my bow opening day and at the last second although there was peer pressure there was definitely peer pressure. <laughs> it wasn't for
1: me i wasn't here
0: and it was definitely from andy uh, to do like, dude, you're going to, you're going to screw up. Cause I, I decided on opening day to go into a bunch of thick stuff, hoping that, you know, the pressure that they were going to receive, um, was going to help me. And the first thing I hear is dude, he's going to walk through the thickest crap and you're going to sit there and, and bitch about not being able to shoot him with your bow because he was in there when you sh- if you're just taking the gun, he he's dead. And so, of course, I listened to everybody, and um, of course, everybody knows the story. He he got killed, but um, oh, and he he walked <laughs> out. He walked out into the one shooting lane that I had cut, so it would have been a chip shot with a bow too. Just so you
2: know. Oh
1: man!
0: But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a like a hard draw. I get it, but um.
1: So what happens? What I happens mean, next yeah, well, during your season? Yeah, I, I know your kids right. had some success. Let's hear about that
2: well yeah not before I had one more opportunity uh so, oh, get that uh,
0: archery tag filled huh
2: yeah yeah and so once some public uh around here and it was uh gosh i think it was December the first or something early December and was with a buddy of mine and then uh, another buddy of ours who is just getting into hunting series right he's just always been a you know, a couple weekends a year, tree stand rifle hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, obviously, but he's just, it was like his second time out with my buddy and I, uh, trying to like kick it up a notch, right? He got mm-hmm. saddled, getting into he's really getting into it, right? Uh, he's <laughs> dropping rodeoing, you know, uh, uh, doing the uh, uh, team roping, and he is going to get hard, he's getting hardcore into public land saddle nice so anyway uh, it's his first time out or second time out one or the other and we go three miles deep on public my buddy and I have e-bikes he's got a pedal master Uh, (laughs) Oh, it was was like 10 degrees that morning it was cold as shit and it was like 30 mile an hour wind and so we get out there in that public and uh, I kind of directed him to an area and uh, you know told him to head over in that direction and I was just gonna kind of work around and and just kind of still hunt my way in that 30 mile hour wind all the way around. Came into this thicket and it was just money, right? I mean, it was like as like a transition between two thickets. It was kind of thinned out uh, with some now uh, yeah, thick uh, thinner trees real real close together. So shooting lanes are real tough, uh, but it's like super thick on either side, like you know overgrown and shit and uh, man i just got in there and it just felt right you know i mean it was a favorable wind it was between these two thickets and i mean it just well, he just freak- he just dropped
0: mm-hmm. all right we're gonna pause this folks okay folks we're back uh we dropped ted somehow zoom screwed us so um you were talking you just got to that that thicket with a bunch of small trees close together. And that's where we dropped you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thicket on each side, uh, you know, kind of open, uh, but yet, you know, a lot of small, uh, diameter trees, uh, just no like weeds or undergrowth or anything. Um, so I mean, I'm like, just got set up for like five minutes and, here comes a doe and she's by herself and I know exactly what's going to happen. Right. I mean, it's December the 1st and, uh, there's a high deer density there. So I know there's a high probability there's going to be a buck in tow. And sure enough, uh, I, she, when she got to, uh, 11 yards right at my 11 o'clock, which is like prime, perfect, mm-hmm. minimal effort shot, you know, layup. And When she got to the opening, which is just after two trees, it gives you a chance to draw, albeit small, but they're there. Something. Uh, yeah, yeah. She uh, When she got to the edge of them, she, she saw me. She looked up and saw me. Uh, but I didn't think it was that bad of a thing because I knew that there was going to be a buck behind her, and he was going to stop when he got there also just because of her. Right. But – it's never good because I think they leave these pheromones. You know what I mean? And, and I believe that that could have contributed to, uh, what happened next and which was, so five minutes later, here comes the buck. Right. And I kept the camera rolling and I kept the camera pointed right at the spot where the dough stopped. Right. And I mean, I was just bow in hand, ready to go. And, uh, it, but it, earlier, it was, uh like I said, it was like 30-mile-an-hour winds, and I'm in these, this little-ass tree. uh It knocked – my bow fell out of the tree, right? Oh, I, had, I wasn't all totally situated yet, you know what I mean? And and my bow fell out of the tree. I had to climb back down and get it. And I gave it the visual inspection, but it was still kind of dark, you know what I mean? And, yep. Uh, I didn't see that it had moved my sight tape a little bit, and – Come to find out later, it also knocked off my first and third axis on my sight, So oh, not a good shit. situation. Yeah, uh, But it, I passed the initial uh, gray light visual inspection. And so uh, this deer, you know, he did exactly like he was right, the head down the whole time, nose to the ground. And he got to the spot where the doe was. And I, I'm at full draw. And when he got there, he looked right up at me. I'm like 14 feet high uh, and I am not silhouetted uh, that, you know, for that area where the, for what we had, there was actually decent cover behind me and stuff. Uh And man, he looked right up at me. Uh, I think he smelled the pheromones from her, you know, in between her hooves uh, as she was alerted by seeing me. Uh, So as I shot, he, ducked and i uh you know i obviously shot high into the left and that's how i my bow shot when i got home uh so i knocked my first and third axis off and my sight tape was turned up to i don't remember what it was now 28 or Oh so it, like that. it slid uh, up
0: your uh it slid up your sight tape like your your pin yeah uh, it I turned my it. Uh, oh, dial man. yeah 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 so you weren't hitting him no matter what
1: yeah <laughs> I mean that's you know. that's three bad things
0: yeah oh man yeah. that sucks yeah it was uh did you yeah, think about just like hard going hard. the hell home when your bow fell out of the tree though <laughs> like that's
2: uh yeah
1: I, I mean, get so
0: cranky when small crap no, happens it's to my me fault. <laughs> you know like I'm just like I'm done this days screwed I'm going home.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean usually it's it's our own fault yeah
0: I mean that sucks i i've luckily man I knock on wood I don't think I've had a bow fall out of it no I take that back I had a uh oh what what do you call it the stuff you pull up your bow with uh, rope the rope yeah whatever <laughs> yeah and uh I had it called something else before but it it the rope snapped halfway up when I was pulling my bow up one time and and the bow fell and um I don't think it did any damage to the bow but it was it was still aggravating. It was one of those okay. So this is how it's going to be today. Yep. right type I've, of days. I've had it happen too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah so it's, it happens.
0: Yep. But it all kind of like uh, I mean a jam packed year nonetheless, right? I mean starting starting in late September, early October in Wisconsin, all the way through the beginning of December. I mean you just had encounter after encounter after encounter really with some you know some deer. And then um I don't know did you hunt a lot after December 1st cuz I know your daughter um she didn't get hers until
2: January, correct? That's yeah, that's right. Uh I didn't really hunt a whole lot uh in December. It was yeah, I don't nothing really sticks out about it. Uh, I mean I'm sure I went a few times but I don't think I went at all after Christmas break. And mm-hmm. of course I had COVID at some point in that stretch too. And I hunted a few times, but, uh, you know, it was pretty minimal. And then every warm, you know, where nah, I wouldn't say warm stretch, cause she's actually doing pretty good about getting out there when it was, you know, chilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unless it was, you know, super freezing cold, she, you know, I did I wouldn't take my daughter. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, who's seven, you know, she's now eight, but, uh, so, you know, she was close to eight at the time. Uh, but she was really kind of getting into it, you know, and we had been seeing some deer, you know, we planted a food plot up here. And so, you know, they were coming in once it started to get cold and uh, she was really starting to dig it, you know? And so we went several times and, uh, she shot at a spike and she just got excited and pulled her shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the haircut, flesh wound to the back of the neck, and a pretty funny video of this thing bucking around like a like a uh, bucking oh, I, I saw that video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I actually thought that, that was, dope. Yeah. Yeah, was a doe. Something Yeah. Yeah, small little spike. Yep. Uh, but yeah, she even how excited she was at just seeing that. You know, it was uh, was a cool experience for sure. Uh, but you know, we weren't able to get that one, but that really renewed her focus. And she was like even more intent about going and sure enough, like, I don't know, just a couple of nights after that. Uh, and she was probably on a cadence before that, where she would want to go once every other week or so, you know, basically since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, after that spike, like two or three nights later, she wanted to go again. And, so sure enough we uh uh we went up there when the the good southeast wind and it was it was pretty brisk and it was chilly it was the coldest that she had gone out i think it was like 30 degrees or something you know that at the in the evening hour there yeah and uh so we went up in this blind behind our house again and sure enough we're up there for like a half hour and nice little six pointer walks in and uh, she smoked and double lung diaphragm, you know, that's, it was a loud pop, you know, yeah. with a crossbow at 400 feet per second.
0: Dude, I was going to ask and, you, um, and I know you guys practice with the crossbow, right? I mean, I'm sure she oh yeah. shot it. Did it still surprise you how freaking fast that thing was when she shot that's it at the deer? It's amazing. I didn't even realize like my, my son pulled the trigger on his crossbow and I'm just like, did the arrow come out? Because it was yeah. on that deer so quick and through him that I'm just like, what just happened? And uh, I don't have lighted knocks on his crossbow. I don't know what you're doing with hers. That's something I'm going to change next year because I didn't see the bolt go through. I didn't see the bolt hit the deer. I, I wasn't for sure. It, just because I wasn't ready in the field for that speed compared to, you know, our compounds that we shoot. And, uh, I was just, did it, the surprise you still out there when, when she pulled the trigger, how just quick it was on that deer?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it definitely, it's a lot different, right? I mean, definitely. a lot different, uh, but it was still, you know, because she, she hit her, you know, right in that lung and it just created a large wound. I saw the wound more than anything, uh-huh. but, uh, more than anything it really was the distinct diaphragm, you know, after but you know it all added together. He still ended up running, gosh, at least 130. But I would guess 150 yards. Oh, right. Dang. And I mean, it was a bloodbath, bloodbath. But, uh, yeah, he ran 150 yards. You know, at a kind of side hilling, but with a gradual decline. You know. Yeah. Uh, I actually peeled off and while we were tracking before we got on the blood and we're just, you know, going the direction that we thought that we knew the deer went, I peeled off and went down into the bottom and cause it's super, super steep. And I told Holly to stay there. You know what I mean? I did about a 10 minute loop of walk, you know, and of course it's getting dark and everything, Uh of searching for that deer. Cause I just assumed he would have went down low. Yeah. And he, he did not. He continued to side hill. And so uh, that was her first experience of, standing in the woods by herself for, you know, 10 uh-huh. minutes where I'm actually, you know, out of, uh, out of sight at the moment, out of sight and even hearing would have been tough, you know? Uh, and, but she was cool with it. She had the GoPro on the whole time. And I just, I'm editing the video right now. And I just like last night watched that video of her and she's talking Oh my gosh, I got to pee. Cause she's so excited. Right? <laughs> and, That's awesome. And It's cold, you know? Oh man. Yeah. And so I, when I came back, uh, and, and met back up with her, we walked, I don't know, another 10 yards and found the bloodbath. And, and then, uh, so we start going up on it and it's probably like 15 yards away and I can see it. And of course I don't say that I see it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just keep kind of helping her track it, you know, and it's a bloodbath and, uh, But by that time, it's flashlight, you know, for sure. Anyway, uh, so, you know, she's something, you know, about 10 yards away. She finally sees it. And she was all kinds of jacked up excited. She was Kathy chatty I mean, she wouldn't stop talking. That's awesome.
0: And that's her first year. First year. year. Yeah.
2: Very cool, man. What was that feeling
0: like, man? I mean, we both experienced that for the first time this year. So, you know, what – try to explain that. I mean – Compare that to the biggest and best deer you've ever killed.
2: It's just, it's so different. And it's so different when it's your daughter, you know, uh, I, I don't know. It's just different. Right. I mean, uh, I being with my son the first time he killed a deer was was awesome experience. And it is right up there with, uh, you know, the biggest bucks that I've killed. Uh, but, Man, something a little bit different about your daughter doing it, especially at uh, that young of an age and enjoying it that much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, my I, oldest daughter, she she enjoyed hunting, but not like that. You know, she was she would go and she would have fun, but then you know she wasn't really like, saying, on, hey, yeah. let's go hunting again. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where. Which like, is fine too.
0: Yeah. Oh, I. I mean, yeah. Whoever teach their own. Like everybody's got their, like my daughter's 14 now and I want her so badly to want to go. Uh, but she, she does not want to hunt. No, character. And I'm just like, did, yeah. I, did I screw up somewhere? Like, did I,
1: <laughs> did I
0: baby you too much or what? And I have them like, hey, why don't you just come with me? You know, you don't even have to hunt. Why don't you just come with me sometime? And she's like, I will, but you're not going to like it. And I said, well, I would love it. I would love for you to go hunting with me. She goes, no, if I see a deer, I'm just going to scream at it. <laughs> you you won't get to shoot them. I don't want you to shoot them. And I'm just like, okay, well, then you're not going hunting with me. <laughs> but it's just one of them deals like uh, I wish she would want to, and she's my only daughter. So, you know, maybe when she's in her 20s, she'll come around and decide she wants to try it out. You never know. But it is. The softball
2: player, right?
0: Yep, she's a softball player, yep. And um, it's just you can't really compare it to your best deer ever. Can you really? It's, it's just, it's just level of pride that is totally different than you feel for yourself when you accomplish something when it's your child.
2: Definitely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Son or daughter. I mean, obviously it's really cool that it's your daughter. Cause, um, it's, you know, that seems like, uh, we need to recruit more females into the outdoor game than we have at times.
1: Well, and that and daughters just hold a special part in with your, their dads. Yeah. Yeah. Your that's dad, for sure. So, yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. It's awesome. So, looking but forward to, and you said that, you, it is, that video is, is not out get yet. Get them out there, uh, right the uh, the one where she shot the spike and wounded it, you know, flesh is, wound. Yeah, that is, you know, and I posted that a couple of weeks ago, and I've been a little bit slow in uh, in my editing here lately. Um, but yeah, so her first harvest video will be it'll be out within the week looking forward to that one. Nice. Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. Thank
0: yeah. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. and then you said your son also killed, a. and this is your son who's in college now, right?
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's in his, uh, second semester of freshman year right now. So when he came home for Christmas break, he plays football. So he didn't get an opportunity to hunt very much in the fall, hardly at all. Um, and, but then, uh, he had gone a few times, and then we went up behind the house here again on January the 7th. And so, yeah, Holly killed hers on January 4th, and then TJ killed his on January 7th. Not to be, you nice. know, big brother, not to be outdone, right? <laughs> uh, and he killed his biggest buck ever. And, of course, it was with a bow. And uh, it was pretty dang cool, <laughs> The, the way we had to get set up on this buck, I, I could not be in the tree with him. You know, I was only on a, uh, you know, I was uh, filming, so I didn't have a bow. And I, yeah, there was just no way I could get up in that tree with him. Where it, we would have been spotted. And so I had to be 50 yards off of him. And uh, when the deer came in, it was like, I don't know, 10 degrees. It was cold as shit. And my camera, um, you know, main camera, battery died, right? As soon as I turned it on, it just died. And then uh, my GoPro did the same exact thing. (laughs) And so I had to film this thing with my phone. And as it's starting to get dark, it's starting to get grainy. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, But got it on film, him shooting his biggest buck ever. And uh, it crashes in sight. And it was awesome. It was about 130-inch eight-pointer. Nice. That's I would get sweet. it out and show you, but it's at the taxi driver. That's a that's a good 3 days for a
0: dad right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Cuz that was like you said January 7th, so he wasn't too far from going back to school. Right, right. In like yeah. mid January when they go back usually.
2: Uh I think he had to go back on the 11th. So, yeah, so know, it was he was
0: just really, days away. Really close. Yeah. What a what a nice way to like Cap the season off too, you know. I mean, you had a full year of deer activity. Whether it was you, you know, on deer and not quite making it happen, or obviously killing some awesome deer, and then having your two kids um, or two of your kids have uh, success. Really, the best years they've ever had, right? No, she got her first deer. She'll never forget that as long as she lives. And then, uh, you know, your son. Killing the biggest buck he's ever killed, you know, together within three days of each other has got, got to kind of like put the icing on the top of the cake for you. More than anything, you know, it was a one of them years that was full of stuff, and then you got to finish it off with their, their stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very memorable year. Epic year. Nice,
0: man. I mean, when when we decided we wanted to do something with you. I didn't know which way to go. I'm like, I mean, you had so many things happen that I almost just wanted to hear all the, the different things you had go on and just kind of catch up with you. And, um, you know, I I, uh, I know each story was kind of really quick and, you know, Cliff's Notes version of everything, but it just kind of goes to show the listeners, you know, you, you can – man, you can have stuff happen f- from a deer hunting perspective – from the beginning season of the season, all the way through the end, if you really want to, you know, it's, it's honestly about the, uh, your drive to want to, to have a season, you know, what do you want to make the season be? Do you want to just stay in Missouri and hunt? Cool. Do you want to experience other States? Is it possible? It is right. I mean, uh, you've hunted all kinds of different States in your life and um, this is the first time you've been in multiple states outside of Missouri in a while. But um, it's not – you know, the average person can do this too. I mean, that's that's all we are. And it's, uh, it's kind of a testament to be able to do all that stuff and you still f- hold down a full-time job, right? I mean, this isn't – you know, you're not a, a, a professional – a full-time hunter you you have an actual job where you still have to go to work every day and you're still able to do these things right
2: yeah absolutely yeah and you know it's uh part of the territory you know <laughs> the places enough. I hunt are typically going to be part of my territory yeah which is nice right
0: so for work you yeah. have to go there anyways
2: very nice so is that well, why Canada you... next year won't be so <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was gonna say so is that why you don't have like you know California and uh you know, some other states as part of your territory. Cause there's no deer there to really, I mean, there's deer there, but none to really mess with. Where would yeah, you hunt? Well, would you hunt in I, like Northern like California, California basically? I'm yeah. Sure. blacktail. Yeah. yeah
1: blacktail. That, I think they're more North than they are South. Right. I would guess so. Uh, I believe. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah.
0: That's a, uh, that's cool year, man. I mean, I, we kept up with you all year on Instagram and our social media and I, you know, I watch your, your YouTube and, um, It seemed like to me, at least every time I saw something that you did, it was another deer, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, man, freaking Ted killed like 17 deer this year, dude. (laughs) Like every time I'm watching his stuff, there's like another deer on the ground. And of course, you know, I, I see other people's stuff too. So I'm not always remembering exactly what I'm seeing, but I just, I told Mike, I'm like, we haven't talked to Ted in a while and he killed like 47 deer this year. Like so we, we got to talk to him on. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <Like> it just <laughs> seems like every time I'm turning on his stuff, there's another, another thing going on. So what a, what an awesome year. And,
2: uh, it's just, I don't know. What else, what else do you have to say to cap it off? Oh, just awesome year. Definitely. And, uh, you know, from my own perspective, you know, outside of, uh, the success of my kids and, friends and all that stuff uh you know there was a lot of things that i learned right yeah and every time you have an encounter with a good buck uh there's something to be learned you you know when it's successful or when it's not and everything in between there's always something to learn from it yeah and that knowledge is priceless right that's kind of like the uh Uh, the currency of what we do, right? Mm -hmm. The more
0: experiences you have, the smarter you get. And then again, it gives you more experiences. You know, the, the, the smarter you get, the the more you're going to get on bucks and then the more you're going to learn there. And then the more you're going to, you know, it's kind of like a snowball starting to roll down the hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger with your ability to kind of learn from those experiences. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Your, your big buck encounters grow exponentially, right?
0: Yeah, that's a perfect like, perfect lesson for maybe a, a newer hunter that is struggling to, let's say, kill a kill a buck or whatnot with even with their bow. Let's say, even if you, let's say, screwed the pooch on like five bucks this year, all that was was five learning a learning chances for you to bring that into next year. And you know, if if you if you look at those like you're saying, Ted, as learning experiences and not failures, kinda like we termed the coin uh earlier, failure, quote unquote, it's just a, a chance to learn and get better at your craft. You know, there's there's no such thing as failure, kinda like you said earlier. Yeah, definitely,
2: definitely. But every time you it happens, you sleep a little less you know, a little lighter, you know. Don't have to, don't have to tell pleasant, me to preach choir. Yep. Yeah.
0: Micah, you know, Mike is, like, really great at letting stuff just kind of beat off his back. It's like water off a yeah. duck's back. He yeah. is. Dude, I, I envy. <laughs> I envy a lot about, like, the way you handle things. Because he could have, like, four deer just, and he'd just be like, man, it is what it is. I'll learn from it and get better. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm going to jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, I wish I could do that, too. I mean. Shit, what what is it? Six and a half months later I'm still talking about that bull. Yeah,
1: every once in a while he'll still text me about that dude, remember when we had that bull and I needed it a half a second? I'm like, dude, I I haven't even thought about that. It's over. You can't do nothing <laughs> about <laughs> it. Right. You can't do nothing about it now. Now we're talking about next year. Next yeah. season. So yeah. oh,
2: man. Yeah. But you know, and he's you guys, he's, you guys going out west this year? We plan to. Plan yeah. to,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh putting in for a couple different states. I mean, really. More than anything, just buying points again because we're kind of behind the eight ball in a few states, so we'll be buying points, and then I'm assuming we're going to end up back in OTC units, which is fine, and uh, planning on it. Hopefully this year doesn't get screwed up by COVID. I'm, I'm about done with that. Dude, the last two years we've had in Colorado, they've both been messed with by COVID, and uh, mm. I'm, I'm ready for 2022 to not have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice yeah. when it's all over. Yeah.
2: So i mean the data is there the data is obvious come on everybody let's go yes let's get back to life let's do it thank you
0: ted dude congrats on an awesome season and uh thanks for coming on and kind of sharing your story before we hop off though where can people see these awesome videos especially you know or your daughter's video i probably shouldn't have said her name on uh Within the next week, about about the time this show comes out, people will be able to see that video. So um, where can people check out your stuff?
2: Yeah, Hunt at Ted on the YouTube channel, Hunt Ted on Instagram, and just Ted Bright on Facebook. Awesome. We will tag
0: you also in those things. But, man, congrats. Thanks, tell your daughter congrats for us. And your son. And I tell your son congrats that. for us, yeah. Uh, tell him to keep – uh, how's, how's football going for him? Is he liking it?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's grinding right now, you know, they're Yeah. It's all about weights, running and who's getting in shape and impressing the coaches and yep. He seems to be doing a good job of that, so good. Hopefully he gets a shot in spring ball and he can show what he what he can do because uh you know, he could certainly uh he can compete at this level, I think. So awesome, Be exciting to see.
1: Very cool.
0: Well, tell them both congrats for us, and uh, congrats to you as well on on some awesome deer and awesome stories. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you later, man.
2: Until next
1: time. Thanks, right. fellas. See ya. All that's it, y'all. That's it, and that's all. <laughs> I don't know, Nice. Man, I'm getting a little slap you at a I'm little, pretty. I'm tired, bud. Why are you tired? You work hard today. I did. It's just it was a hec it is a hectic day. People get nervous before storms, so you know, yeah. I had to run. Had to do a bunch of running around. So when you're tired, does that make you say stupid shit? Like you yeah, did? yeah, pretty much. Well, at least we know now. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's what makes me. That's <laughs> what
1: makes me do it. So I'm you got sure some dumbass
0: dad joke for us?
1: No, no, that's not my that's not my yeah, forte. Not your, no, not mine either. So no, we we need Andy back for that stuff.
0: Awesome show tonight.
1: Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you, Ted.
0: You really get honestly, you get like six mini tales of the chase episodes in today's episode.
1: Yeah, there's a lot, man. There's a lot to unfold in this one. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. I, dude, I really just, didn't
0: know which way to go with this show today. Yeah, we didn't. We and didn't. I'm really. like, man, we could talk about like one singular trip, one singular right. story, get really in detail, which we still could probably do at some point, or just you know catch up with them, you know, because we haven't had them on since episode 26. Right. You know, you feel like it was just the other day, but, you know, that was a long time ago at this point.
1: That was over a year ago, wasn't it? Dude, it it was have been
0: episode 26, so it was, well, I bet it was, you know, a year and a half ago at this point. Yeah. And uh feels like it was just yesterday, but, you know, he ended up catching up and just listening to his story.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an awesome guy. You know, if you're not following him on any of the social stuff, definitely go check him out. Check out his YouTube. Puts out a lot of good – Good stuff out there.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyways, you wanna go to bed? I do. I'm All right. Gonna try to get I'll home. let you leave.
1: I appreciate that. See ya. Try to get home before it starts snowing. Yeah. <laughs> Later. See ya.